I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Honored tonight to follow my little sister who spoke this morning, but I also have another sister. My sister Carolyn, where is she? Would you stand up? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I thought about both of them and being preacher's kids. It had its good times and it had its challenging times. I was 10 years old when the McCormick's Creek United Pentecostal Church started. My little sister, Mana, who spoke this, this morning, was not even yet one month old when the church started. Now, I really know it's not right to ask a woman what her age is. However, if you ever want to know how old my little sister is, all you have to say is, how old is McCormick's Creek Church anyway? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a great amount of memories I have of this place. I remember many an afternoon going around this yard on an old Alice Chalmers tractor that you had to crank to get started. I learned how to hold that crank so that if it kicked, it wouldn't rip my thumb off. There is a special way to do that. But more than that, I remember some powerful services. First of all, in that old concrete building that somebody's already mentioned that used to be a veterinarian shop and a gas station and a restaurant, when we turned it into a church, it became all of those. A restaurant, a filling station, and some veterinarians have been here. Hallelujah. And some of you animals have come in and been treated. Oh, hallelujah. You want to know something? We've had some rascals come through the door. And I can tell you that I have seen lives that were totally changed By the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could mention Helen Fry. And God did a miraculous thing in her life. I can remember Larry Marker and George Bowling. And in one revival, Randall Hayden, Darla Burns was here. And all of these men who had been tarrying for the Holy Ghost for a long time, she cleaned house. (laughs) And some of them are still with us today. But more than that, some of them have already gone to be with the Lord. Their lives changed. Their eternal destination changed because of this church that took notice and stood for the word of the Lord in a generation that wants to go the other way. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of the family of God. I'm glad that I could call this my home church too. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, you may be seated. 
A few weeks ago, I heard a song. My understanding at this point is that it's an old song. But I don't recall that I had ever heard it. But the reason that this church is here is because there are people who need to know who Jesus is. Spencer has not been saturated with the gospel yet. I'm in northwest Pennsylvania. The closest church to me is 30 miles away. And we have not come near even saturating our city, let alone northwest Pennsylvania. But the Lord has given me a message, and when Brother Robertson called me a few weeks ago, this message came to me immediately. And after listening to my little sister this morning, I knew and it was confirmed to me that what I have to say to you tonight is from the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want to sing a song entitled, Please Search the Book Again. Please search the book again. Someone already mentioned this morning that there are folks who come to church, but they never come to the table. They never get in that place with God. It's kind of like we talk about people sometimes, the lights are on and there's nobody home. Or the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. And there's numerous little cliches like that. But I'm here to talk to you tonight that one of these days judgment's going to come. You're going to stand before God and it's going to make a difference as to whether your name is in the book. I dreamed that I had died and gone to heaven. I stood just outside the eastern gate. The man from within said, Have you been born again? And in your name written in the book of life, please search the book again. I thought my name was there. I always went to church on Sunday, but I never knelt in prayer. Please search the book again. It's too late now, I know. Please search the book again before you make me go. I told of all the deeds that I had done. I told him all the trophies I had won. But the man said to me, have you been set free? And is your name written in the book of life? Search the book again. I thought my name was there. I always went to church on Sunday, but I never knelt in prayer. Please search the book again it's too late now i know please search the book again before you make me go and then he turned and left me there i knew that it was too late now for prayer Oh, my sinner friend to thee, if you want to make it in, your name must be in the book of life. Please search the book again. I thought my name was there. I always went 
to church on Sunday, but I never knelt in prayer. Please search the book again. It's too late now, I know. Please search the book again before you make. Please search the book again. I thought my name was there. I always went to church on Sunday, but I never knelt in prayer. Please search the book again. It's too late now, I know. Please search the book again before you make me go. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. If you have your Bibles tonight. We live in a crazy world. We live in a crazy religious world. We live in a time when everybody wants to accept everybody. And we, the world wants us to accept them as they are. We have seen an uprising over the years of many churches that will say, come as you are, live as you choose to live. We're going to shake hands. We're going to be brothers. We're going to go and walk hand in hand. And one of these days we may be traveling different paths, but we're all going to end up in the same place. Well, they are, but it's not the place they're thinking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fifty years ago, this church was founded on the Word of God. The Word of God is the final authority in everything we say and do. I have had the privilege now to pastor for 30 years. I have seen people come, I have seen people go. And I've had sad stories that I could tell. But I also can tell of stories of folks who came along and got a hold of a nugget from the truth of God's Word, and they have built their life on that one little nugget and God has added to that thing and built them and line upon line and precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, God has established a relationship with that individual that will keep them no matter what hell might unleash upon them. I'm telling you that we serve a powerful God tonight. Hallelujah. He's able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's able to keep us in the midst of the storm. He's able to keep us when the going gets tough. And my Lord is still on top. Hallelujah. Directing and guiding us the way that we need to go. I want to talk to you tonight a message entitled, The Tragedy of I Thought. There's going to be a lot of folks that are going to stand up there and sing the song that we just sang to you. I thought my name was there. I thought my name was there. If you'll go with me tonight to the book of Leviticus chapter 26. I feel this in my heart burning tonight. Hallelujah. I want to come to you and in the celebration of 50 years, and I've heard comments today about the message that we preached 50 years ago being carried on today, and I'm here to challenge you to another 50 years of the same thing. Hallelujah. Worshiping and magnifying the Lord and lifting His name above every name. Hallelujah. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse number 11. 
and I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you to go upright. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these things, do all these commandments, and if ye should despise my statutes and in your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning ang that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it, and I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee where none pursueth you. The tragedy of I thought. You may be seated. There are several passages of Scripture where God gives His promises. And there are also several passages of Scripture where when the promise was given and there was an obedience that was required, there was a penalty if you failed to do so. There was a penalty I read to you starting in verse number 14. But if ye will not hearken unto me. We live in a world of Christianity. We stand alone. We make an issue against sin. We're not afraid to call sin, sin. Even in a society today where it might be considered what they call a hate crime. It is a hate crime because God hates sin. Amen. So hate whatever you want to want to hate. Make it however you want to do it. But don't let yourself get caught up in an I thought or I think I'll be all right living the way that I am, even though it's not according to the Word of the Lord. I thought. What is a thought? A thought is some type of a decision that you made somewhere in the past. Now the Bible says, I believe in the book of Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Another writer, David, penned the words, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And so we can have all kinds of thoughts. Shortly after Sister Balt and I got married, she was working one night in Bab's Red and White, and I thought I could make gravy. I'd watched my mom do it many times. I'd watched Sister Bolt do it a few times. And I just got the grease and put it in the pan and got it warm and started adding flour to it. And when I ended up, I had gravy in a ball that you could slice with a knife. And the sad part about it is it didn't even taste good. And it probably 
went out the back door and Mr. Poodball picked it up, took it out and fed it to his pigs. In fact, Mana, maybe the prodigal son ate some of that. Hallelujah. So thoughts can come into our mind. Now, you know, the Bible talks about those things that we should think about. Think on these things, these kind of thoughts. But thoughts can come from a lot of different places. It's a decision that you made, and you may have funny ideas. I'll tell you what's really funny is when somebody who's never had children gives you their thoughts on how you ought to be raising hers. They have no idea what they're talking about. They've never been there. They can't say, been there, done that. But they can give you what their thought is, although it might not necessarily be right. Some thoughts we can accept and acknowledge without serious uh, investigation into their validity. I have told my church the times that I, for all the years that I have pastored, when I get done preaching, don't take my word for anything. I don't want you to believe it because I said it. I want you to believe it because you know that the Word of the Lord says it. And the Word of the Lord is the final authority. Oh, hallelujah, it is the final authority. Amen. When you want to know, is this right or is this wrong? Hey, what's it say? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Yes, it is the pastor's responsibility to preach the word of the Lord to you, but you need to hide it in your heart. You need to put it in your mind so that when the adversary comes... It's not a question in your mind. I know what the Bible said. Sometimes an idea or a thought is accepted because it fits nicely in my lifestyle. I'm comfortable being in the place that I am. It fits my lifestyle. It fits me. It may be contrary to the Word of the Lord, but it fits me because I like the way it sounds. I like the way it feels. I'm here to warn you tonight. You better be careful about what you thought. If what you thought doesn't line up to the Word of the Lord... Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can tell you, after pastoring for 30 years, after talking to people about the relationship with God, after everything that you, you poured out your heart and your soul into them to get them to a knowledge of the Word of the Lord, and you can show them factual evidence like baptism in Jesus' name. You can show them factual evidence that people spoke in tongues when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but their attitude is, I think I'll be okay. I thought, I thought it would be fine. Oh, hallelujah. I might be talking to somebody here tonight that you think everything's just fine, and but you haven't really investigated the Word of the Lord on your own to know in your own mind that that's what the Bible said. Let me tell you, if I'm doing something that's going to decide my eternal destination, I want to know everything there is that I can accomplish the things that He wants to put in my heart. Oh, hallelujah. 
Let me be a pastor for a couple of minutes and say, I thought I could make decisions that were contrary to the pastor. Let me say to you, I thought that tithes was only in the Old Testament. Let me say to you that I thought unwholesome activities would not affect me and my family. The tragedy of I thought is that when you finally figure out what's going on, it's usually too late. And there's not anything that you can do about it. I'm here to talk to somebody that's playing around with being right with God. When you die, it's over hallelujah it's over in Leviticus chapter 26 the Old Testament the time of the law and I've got two pages of scriptures that I could read to you tonight God was not playing games with Israel he brought them up out of Egypt He delivered them. And then He gave them this instruction. He said, I am the Lord. I will bless you. I will cause your seed to be multiplied. I will cause good things to happen. I will protect you. I will be your Redeemer. I will be your Savior. And there's hundreds of promises from the Word of the Lord. But then there's that little part that says, But if ye will not obey. Oh, preacher, don't tell me I have to obey. They don't even want to put that in the wedding ceremony anymore. You mean I have to obey Him? Sometimes I've seen folks take that out of proportion. You're not a, guys, you're not slave drivers. You just try it. I heard this guy one time say, just... I'm the head of the family, but she's the neck that turns the head. So marriage is a beautiful relationship. But if you thought that you were just going to go in there, guys, and say, okay, honey, go fix my breakfast. Make sure you get two cups of, two teaspoons, not two cups of sugar, in my coffee. That will definitely wake you up in the morning. And when you do your my laundry, you make sure you fold my t-shirts in a certain way. had to fill out an application for some Social Security forms two or three weeks ago, and there was a question on there, and Sister Balt was helping me fill them out. And was the, one of the questions was something to the effect, do you have, do you have any difficulty? Uh, how did it go, Sister Balt? Following instructions. <laughs> and she actually wrote on there, He's always had a problem with that. Well, what can I say? Now, I know we we can laugh a little bit, but I want us to understand That this church being here for 50 years has not been happening. What's happened here by people making namby-pamby decisions, but by men who have stood on the Word of the Lord. Not only from my dad, not only from Brother Robertson who followed my dad, but by every preacher that has stood in this pulpit. There might have been a few stinkers along the way, but, you know, I can name some people. I can remember some tremendous 
revivals with Sister Potter. I can remember some revivals with Darla Burns and Sister Nykirk. And, and ladies, they prayed they knew the Lord. But then there's been the Jason Siscos that have come along. There's been the Robert Utterbacks and the Jerry Waldens and a host of men, many who may I may have forgotten and, and a good number that have already gone home to meet the Lord. But the word of the Lord cannot be based on what I thought. It needs to be based on what I know. What I know is what is written in the Word of the Lord. What I know is what I have experienced in my own life with my own relationship with God. And when I thought that I had an understanding and the Lord took me down a path that I wasn't comfortable with and I might have stumbled and I might have fallen, but He lifted me up and brought me back into fellowship and brought me back into His presence. I know, I know about those experiences. I've been in a place when you come in here and the presence of the Lord would move in a wonderful way and you say, oh man, this is such a wonderful ser- service and you get back out in the car and you know who starts talking. You, you didn't really get the Holy Ghost. That, really, that was all put on. That wasn't really in the, wait a minute. No, it wasn't. There's an old song that says, I was there. When it happened. And I guess I ought to know. Hallelujah. It's important that you don't just come to church and warm a pew. Amen. That's not what's going to get you to heaven. It's the I know. Hallelujah. I know. I know. I know Him. Hallelujah. And not only that, He knows me. I have in my local hospital a chaplain. He's a good guy. But I, for the life of me, have not been able to figure out when the Bible talks about repentance, when it talks about baptism in the name of Jesus when it talks about the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, how he can go and sit at the bedside of a, of a, a person that's getting ready to draw their last breath and say a little sinner's prayer and say, and he come back and tell me a little while later, oh, it was beautiful. He received Christ. If there was ever a doctrine that came from hell, that is a lie from hell. If you believe that tonight, you better get in the Word of the Lord because what you think, you may not find out about it until it's too late. You may not realize when you stand there And he opens the book. It's not whether I know him. It's whether he knows me. Whether he has blessed me with his presence and with his spirit. Let me talk to you, McCormick's Creek, 50 years from now. I hope the message is the same if Jesus hasn't come. I hope the moving of the Holy Ghost is still the same. And the power is still the same. I thought, I thought, Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse number 13, I believe we've got that one. Thank you, Mr. PowerPoint guy, whomever you may be, may God bless you. You may have a place in heaven reserved just for PowerPoint. We need some help in PowerPoint. 
You want to go to heaven? Get involved in PowerPoint. I love coming home. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and 13. And it shall come to pass. If ye shall hearken. Look at that word. Diligently. Diligently. Not loosely. Not halfway read. How many of you have ever gone through your Bible reading and and your mind is on something else and your eyes go over the words but you don't see what it says? And you don't ever allow it to take nest in your heart and be there. And it's easy. But the Bible says if it shall come to pass. If you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments that I commanded you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Here comes a promise that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, and the first rain, and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn, and thy wine, and thine oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that shall that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn away and search or serve other gods and worship them. Take heed to yourselves. I think I heard somebody say this morning something about taking responsibility. I may be wrong. I was wrong one time. But folks, let me appeal to you tonight that your relationship with God is between Him and you alone. You cannot say, I would serve the Lord. But Brother Joe gets in my way. I'm using you, Joe, because I know you won't get offended. I would serve the Lord, but the music is too loud. I would serve the Lord. And you've always got some kind of an excuse. When it comes time for you to stand before the Lord, it's going to be you, and it's going to be Him. Hallelujah. If there's something you don't like, get over it. Hallelujah. Find an altar somewhere. Get your heart right with God. Lord, it's me, and it's you alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got crybaby Pentecost going around. We got crybaby charismatic going around. Don't pin me down to a doctrine. We're all going to heaven. Don't pin me down. Hey Amen. Don't talk to me about sin. Don't talk to me about the things in this world that are wrong. I don't want to hear about that. You'll remember every word you ever heard about it. If you're standing there and the Lord says your name's not in the book, that you're not there, you're going to remember every holiness message you ever heard. You're going to remember every Bible study that you ever heard. You're going to remember everything that you've ever heard about the Lord. <laughs> and every message that you ever heard preached, you will replay them over and over and over and over in your mind. Hallelujah. You want to know something? I told you I was 10 years old when I came or when the church was started. Sister Stalkup, Sister Edwards, Sister May, my Sunday school teachers, they hid things in my heart that I might know the Lord. 
And I remember when I was about 12 years old, I was out in the field in the woods camping out with one of my buddies. In fact, those were my cousins. And I don't know why it happened, but in the middle of the night, somebody blew a trumpet. Why would anybody blow a trumpet in the middle of the night? And I told my cousin, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, i got to make a phone call. <laughs> what do you mean you got to make a phone call? I just, I just got to go make a phone call. So we come in from the woods up into my uncle's house. We come in there, and I head for the telephone, and my uncle comes out of the bedroom. What's going on? My cousin, I don't know. He just said he has to make a phone call. I'll tell you who I was calling. I was calling that Sunday school teacher, Sister Edwards. And when she answered the phone, I go, Hallelujah. Hello, she says. Well, hi, how you doing? I didn't really care how she was doing. I just wanted her to answer the phone. Oh, hallelujah. Folks, you could probably tell some of these stories of your own when you thought that the Lord had come. The tragedy is this. There will be those left behind who knew better. One songwriter put it, I never thought I'd see the day I got it mixed up with another song. And the Sister Balt, the part that's going through my mind is when I'd kneel and she'd say, okay. That was another year. I never thought I'd see the day when you'd come to kneel and pray. I never thought I'd ever see the church house filled to capacity and out Inside the door there's more who have never came before. Oh, sad to say that Jesus came one day before. And so all of a sudden, reality sets in. The door is shut like the five foolish virgins. And you begin to think, this is serious. But it's more than serious. It's more than serious. You've missed out on the promises of God. You've missed out. You say, Brother Boyd, I I have good intentions. One of these days, I'm going to make my heart right with God. One of these days, I'm going to be serious about my relationship with God. And you're simply saying, I thought. I thought. But the tragedy is that day comes, and you're still sitting there on that pew, and you're wondering, What do I do now? I'm here tonight to talk to you about taking care of it right now. Right now. Not waiting till the tragic time when it's too late. Not waiting and putting it off till tomorrow. You say, well, preacher, I'm not real sure and I'm not, do I know that I know all the answers? then I'm going to say to you, take the step now. Worry about the details later. But I don't understand everything I need to understand. That's why you have a pastor. That's why you have a church family. That's why God has put us in this thing together to lift one another up.
that we could know Him. I thought as my sister was speaking this morning in regards to backsliders, I too have had that same feeling of folks that are away from the Lord. It would be so easy sometimes to just kick them under the rug and forget about them. But that's my brother. That's my sister. Somewhere along the line, they've fallen into a trial and into a snare. And they don't need me to be standing over them trying to shoot them with my shotgun. They need me to be there with my hand reached out to them saying, Come on, brother, let's try it again. Sister, let's try it again. Hallelujah. It is the obligation of the church. It is the obligation of the ministry to reach out and change what somebody thought. Oh, hallelujah. I'm ready to wrap this message up tonight. The musicians want to go ahead and come. How long have you been on the borderline? How long have you been hanging in there and saying one of these days, I think I'll get my heart right with the Lord. I just want a few more days in the pleasures of sin. I just want a few more days to do what I want to do and not have any responsibility to the Lord or to a church or, or anything like that. I just want to do what I want to do. Folks, I'm here to urge you tonight. Don't get caught in the tragedy of I thought. I thought that scripture that i read to you at the very end hallelujah let me get there again verse number 16 of chapter 11 take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. The Bible talks about that word, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I would ask you tonight, as we stand, take heed. I'm begging you to listen to my voice tonight. I have come here to reach for somebody. It is fitting that you are here and that God is reaching out to you. How long will you not take heed to the voice of the Lord? Can we bow our heads together? Lord Jesus, you're so good. Will you begin to pray with me all across the congregation? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, this altar is open right now. I'm here to talk to you. Amen. Don't get caught. Don't get hung up by I thought. I thought it would be all right when down in your heart tonight, there's a tug in your soul, and the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. And you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you haven't made the commitment that you need to make. And God is saying, come on, come on a little bit higher. Come into a relationship with me. Amen. Put out of your mind what you thought and say, Jesus, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. If you're lost on the other side, the tragedy will be that you should not have paid attention to what you thought. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, he was... Speaking, my thoughts went back to a story that I heard a long time ago from Sister Nykert. And she was talking about, and I'm not going to mention names, but uh, I was a sheriff uh, in Monroe County. And he had uh, was part of the church. 
And he was telling her this story about going to an, a wreck where a tanker truck had turned over on its side and the driver was pinned and had caught on fire. And he said, I couldn't get close to him and he was not yet engulfed. You know, he wasn't burning himself and he kept screaming at me. He said, please get me out of here. And he said, I, I can't. They tried to get him out. They were waiting on the fire department. And finally the man, as the fire crept closer and closer to him, he yelled at him again. He said, well, if you can't get me out, would you shoot me? Don't let me burn alive. He said, I had to stand there and watch that man burn up and nothing I could do. And every time, every time I were in a service of this caliber and a message of the sort we just heard, I think of that story. You know, I don't want to stand and watch somebody burn up. And when you don't do the best that you can to see people come to God, that's exactly what you're doing. And if you're here tonight and you've heard this message, which you have, you know, there is somebody here that's reaching out to you and saying there is an answer here at this altar tonight. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be lost. This altar is open. And I'm asking you here this evening to please come. Don't allow yourself to be caught in that situation. It's already been said, and it's been said many times, Jesus truly is coming. This is not something we're just saying to scare you. It is going to happen. It's going to happen very, very soon. And here's your opportunity tonight. This, this service has been... God has ordained this service to be the way that it has this evening. There is a depth to this service. I've already said this. And, and, and that depth is to reach out to you, to touch your heart, to convict you, and to let you know there is hope for you, regardless of how bad you feel, regardless of how difficult your life has been, and regardless of how bad that you think that you've been, Jesus is reaching for you now. Decisions that you're going to make this evening may be a decision that affects you the rest of your life. Decisions that you make tonight may affect not only you, but your children. Regardless of how old a child may be, it may affect them. Please, don't wait too long. Don't be in a situation where you can't control anymore and you just waited and you allowed your opportunity to slip by. Would you come this evening? Would you come? I've got my eyes closed. I'm not looking at anyone, but I still feel a need to, to, to cry out to you. Would you come? Would you come? I'm going to put down this microphone, but I'm not. I, I, this altar does not close. This altar remains open. And I want you to listen to what you feel in your heart. I want you to listen to the conviction that's speaking to you right now. Would you come? Would you come? Jesus is calling. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what the next hour holds. But you know the opportunity that you have right now. Would you come? Lord bless you tonight. Ministers, come in and pray with some of these that are here. Everyone deserves that opportunity to have their life changed. Everyone. Lord bless you.